Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Alex, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Back to normal, eh? Not mixing yep. it up. <laughs> if you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school and after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the beginning of season one. Good luck with that. Um, we started Be Sober with the Vision Connect people living a sober or sober curious lifestyle. We wanted to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without the booze. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything that you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Alex. So we've actually already recorded today's podcast with our guest. So yes. we're doing it a bit reverse way around, aren't we? But it's kind of nice because it means it gives us a good focus for the topic. You know what's really funny? It's like nobody would know that we're doing it. I know. Way around. So I don't know why you've mentioned it because it's literally a normal podcast now. <laughs> I know, but for me, it feels like I already know what's coming. So now I can put into context what we want to talk about. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do know what you mean. Because then I don't have to randomly go, oh, should we talk about mental health? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that awkward thing otherwise. Like, right, come on, let's talk about what mental health. And then you'll be like, right, all right then. It'll just be too weird. But now well, I'm, it, I'm not going to lie. It's getting a bit weird now. Yeah, I know. That's why can't I can't just do something natural. I don't know. I, don't. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's just because everything in my life's just so black and white. So you know what? Let's just talk about mental health. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do you know, seriously, it did get me thinking when we're talking about um, anxiety and depression, how far personally... I've come on my journey and I know you never sort of link your sobriety to mental health, but has, has yours improved? Did it need to improve? Massively. I'm I'm so surprised that you said I've never linked it to mental health. <laughs> You've ever got, you know, like I say, I got sober because of my anxiety. Yeah. That wasn't why you did it, was it? No, I'd got sober because I suppose looking back, my life was an absolute shit show. <laughs> <laughs> and my mental health was pretty poor. <laughs> all right, so completely related. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. You were still getting pissed every weekend when I got sober, so yeah, you wouldn't have known at the time. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, I think... My anxiety, as we call it, led into every single day of my life. So I was just an anxious person. I talk about like being quite socially anxious. So when I went into social situations, I would drink my drink really quick, which I still do, by the way. I drink like my soft drink or my alcohol-free drink really quick if I'm in that kind Even of... it's not going to do anything apart from... Yeah, it's just <laughs> kind of to do something like with my hands or to avoid the situation because I get really uncomfortable in them situations but I suppose the biggest difference for me was 
I just feel like I'm such a strong, I don't mean stronger in that way. I, I don't know how to speak me anymore. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you do know what you mean. Like it's stronger as in, it makes you stronger because you've got more tools to deal with it. It's not about being weak or strong. It's about being strong. Yeah, that's what I mean. Stuff. But I, I worry that I say the wrong things. Like I feel like I'm a stronger person, not that I was weak because I had anxiety yeah. before. Do you know what I mean? Sense. Yeah, so I do feel a lot kind of like I have a lot more strength. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not as I, like... got more tools, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. When I used to drink, I was I was very anxious every single day. Like I wouldn't answer my phone of numbers that I didn't recognise. or I if I had, now, to be fair. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> but it, it doesn't bother me as much. Or little things like booking tables or I go through... Things like that. Even now, I can get a bit anxious about certain phone calls, um, but nothing like when I was drinking. Were you an anxious teenager? So before you started drinking, or can you remember, like, before, when we talked to our guests, we discussed this briefly, but were you, like, anxious before you started drinking and then didn't realise... All the way yeah, through. Yeah, I, I never realised at all, not until I'd stopped drinking, I suppose. I, like, I don't even know if you'll know the answer to this. Do oh, you? God. Did you have any signs of anxiety as a kid, looking back? I don't know. I, don't, I, I really I don't know how I can answer that. I think I, I would have always classed myself as like, I would have just said I didn't like certain things. Like, you know, going to parties as a really little girl, actually would make like I can still remember the feeling of going to this dance school near me everybody went to this particular dance school Turner's yeah yeah Turner's yeah. everybody went to Turner's dancing and one of my best friends at primary school used to go and she was a dead good dancer and I remember like my mom going oh go you'll like it you'll like it and I got there and they played this game called Corners it gives I can feel it in my chest now the thought of me going into this room and I didn't know anybody and everyone was running about and no like and that is how I always felt in a social situation like I was at Turner's in in this uncomfortable place and I didn't I weren't a very good dancer so I felt uncomfortable like I, I just felt like I didn't belong there yeah, and even at that very young age, if somebody had have offered me a drink to take that yeah. feeling away, I'd have gone. I'd have said, "Yeah, well, yeah." That's why we did it, isn't it? You know, if you think about like the under teens discos and stuff we used to go to, we would get absolutely smashed on the upstairs of the bus before we got there. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Before Thursday club, I got pissed every Thursday before Thursday, Thursday club, club was something at school that we went to. It was like and looking disco. back, the only thing I wanted to do at Thursday club, right, and I loved it, was play table tennis. <laughs> but none of my friends would play that so I just used to get pissed and all the say geeky kids would be playing table tennis and having fun in the other oh, room and, you wanted to and be- that's what I wanted to do but none of my friends so I was like getting pissed you know when when I look back to being a little girl I did have real signs of anxiety now so for example I used to bite my nails right down till they bled yeah um and I used to have this weird thing uh, where I, ha- if I touched one side of my face, I had to touch the other oh, side. Oh, itchy. I've always been yeah. itchy. Yeah. yeah. And, and I had to do things with my fingers. So obviously you can't see this, but I'd kind of, Lisa, you can see this. I'd go, <laughs> I'd get both little fingers either side of my mouth and I'd run them, run my fingers like that, pressing them next to my mouth. So I'd go little finger, ring finger, middle finger, yeah. index finger, thumb, 
all the way down and then back up again. And then I'd have to go back up, back down to make it land on the right number. See, now, even now, I've just done it with my right hand. My left hand needs to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I used to be like, we. I think I remember us talking about this when we were teenagers. And I don't know whether the real word is idgy, but we used we to call, call it idgy. Yeah. So like if I scratch one side of my leg, the other one. Yeah. Would be, and you know, stupid little, I shouldn't say stupid little things, but that's how I've kind of spoke to myself about mm-hmm. it, I suppose. Looking back, like, I remember I used to walk home and I used to think to myself all the time, and this might be crazy, I don't know if anybody relates this, but I'd be like, I've got to get to the end of that curb before a car comes, otherwise something bad's going to happen. And then I'd like run, I'd like, my pace would pick up to the car and then I'd think, right, I've got to get up this hill before a car passes me at the back. And then I'd go up the hill really quick, yeah. I was similar to that, but in a different way. So I would count 10 steps. So I would look at the, say, lamppost ahead of me and think, I have to hit that by 10. So if I got there by nine, I had to shove a little tiny step yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. I got, couldn't get there by 10. I had to link. <laughs> I get that. And then, you know, the things as well that kids like pick up on, like when you walk over three grids, you've got to say bread. I didn't know that one. I thought you just had to punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the other ones. The, the ones, the FH ones. Yeah, the free hit ones. Yeah, the F- <laughs> <laughs> But not like if you walked over three grids, if you didn't say bread, it brought you bad luck. So I, I even knew now either avoid walking over three grids or under my breath said bread <laughs> you know though I do this with magpies still like if I see a magpie 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 one two three but nobody would hear it right nobody would hear it it's in my head or said and the other thing that people used to say is you, when you see a magpie on its own you have to say the rhyme magpie magpie one two three please don't bring bad luck to me and oh. then spit and tell a lie but obviously, <gasps> oh you took that to the extreme then <laughs> I'm not going to spit I'm not going to spit now as adults so I do this like this and pretend still to this day and then say I hate and whoever it is sometimes it's you because it's a lie <gasps> sometimes it's Sam because it's a lie and I still to this day do that and I know what a load of bullshit it is I'm it's actually she's an awful one who would who would make that one up I don't know but some bastard a lie <laughs> yeah and I still do it you know what I'm going to make an active decision Today, I am never, oh my goodness, I've got anxiety thinking about it. I'm never, ever saluting a magpie or saying that rhyme or spitting and telling a lie ever again from right now. I think that's a really good one. I'm not, I'm not ever doing it again from right now. Well, I, I'm still going to say bread if I go over three grits. <laughs> you carry on saying bread. Right, on that note, let's talk about today's guest because honestly, I think this podcast is more than packed with top tips and information. It doesn't need us today. (laughs) Yeah, it's true, actually. So today's guest is Sam Phillips. We've wanted to get Sam on the show for quite a while, actually, since we went on um, his podcast. Such a lovely guy. He says he struggled with his mental health for years, specifically anxiety and depression. His anxiety started in school and he had no idea 
what the feeling was in his chest. He soon learned that it was not actually a physical pain, but a mental one. So later in life, Sam actually turned to alcohol and drugs, which soon escalated, leading him to go seriously off the rails. And this only heightened his anxiety and escalated his feelings of depression. We talked to Sam today about how he's learned to manage this by cold water therapy. And I can't even believe he's done this, but he actually dipped in the North Sea every single day for 12 months. He starting in blooming March as well, Lisa. I know. I just think it's incredible. It really is. So we get to talk to him, find out all about that. And how he didn't actually realise that not only would it help his own kind of mental health, but the amount of other people is helped too. So here's Sam. Hello. Hi, Sam. Hey, how you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries. How are I you? I look a bit like a hillbilly at the minute. I've, um, I've got, I'm getting a crown put on me tooth this afternoon. <laughs> oh, me too on Friday. I've got a fake massive yellow tooth in at the minute. It's oh, yellow, really? by the way, not because I've made it yellow. Because you know that yeah. porous material they put on us temporary. Yeah, that's what they've done with me. I didn't know they were gonna. I was going to be walking around like this for two weeks, so. Yeah, but. no, no, that's what happened, like. <laughs> me and Lisa went out last Friday, and I was like, Lisa, can you see my tooth before you see me? She's going, no, no. But the longer it's been in, the worse it's got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't worry, I'll be hillbilly with you. Yes. <laughs> How have you been? You all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good, aren't we, Lisa? Yeah, we're good, thank you. We've not had a guest on this season yet. We've been so greedy, haven't we, Alex, just having ourselves. So it's so nice to actually speak to somebody else, and I'm sure our listeners will be really pleased. It's not just us, yeah, going on as usual. <laughs> I love it when you two get together, though. You've got good chemistry. Oh, thanks, Sam. <laughs> So it's been ages. We actually came on your podcast last, so it's nice to kind of turn the table. So we're going to kick straight off, if that's all right, Sam. Yeah. And we kind of want to ask you um, about Dare to Dip and how it came about. Yeah. So I, I've, I've always suffered on a bit of a hypochondriac and I've always had... Um, well, you'll get on then. well with Alex then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are twinning today, you yeah. two. God help me. Broken teeth and hypochondriacs. <laughs> I die every time I get anything wrong. Like, literally, yeah. you know, when like something might happen. And, like, for example, if I my ear gets blocked, yeah, you don't just get blocked. I go, oh, I'm going deaf. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm exactly the same. And I was like that ever since a youngster. If I had like a, a little pa- growing pain, it probably was. I, I was thinking I'm having a heart attack or um, a headache was a brain tumour. And But then it become over-obsessive and then it, it led me on to having major panic attacks. And I'd yes. end up in the hospital with, with all ch- like things strapped to me chest and that. And um, they'd give me a paper bag to breathe in. I'd think, I want that electrical stuff you see on the um, on the TV. I don't want a yeah. paper bag to breathe in. But, <laughs> uh, and then, unfortunately, I found alcohol, which numbed all that. And I thought, oh, I found the magic cure here that's making me better. But then I yeah. woke up the next day and everything was heightened. All my anxiety and all my fears were heightened even more. So it just become a vicious circle, really, of... Um, Drinking, getting rid of the anxiety and the thoughts, and then um, going round and round in circles, and it got worse and worse. Um, I ended up becoming addicted to cocaine and and alcohol, 
and um, used that to mask how I was feeling for, for so long. But all that was really doing was masking over what I was feeling. I wasn't facing up to my fears and my anxieties. Um, and I got myself sober for two years, but I, I didn't have people, I didn't, that was there. now we've got podcasts like yourselves helped me out massively the second time round. Um, like there's there's so much support around sobriety now, but I was trying to do it alone the first time. Yeah, and when, when the pandemic come along, I just I just had hit massive relapse. Like I think everyone was affected by it mentally, weren't they? But if, if you've got underlying uh, and mental health problems, all that resurfaced again. I had all this panic coming back, and I hadn't had it for years. And um, I didn't want to go back down the route that I'd been down before because clearly drink and drugs is not the answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, so, I, so I looked up a thing online saying about cold water and, and, that, and the benefits of that. So I set myself a little challenge of doing 30 days of cold showers and that actually felt better. And I thought after about day four or five, I thought there's something to this. So I carried on doing it. And then I wanted to get everyone else involved, I think. I thought I'd found the magical cure again. I <laughs> get people involved. So I was putting it on my Instagram, getting people to come try and do 30 day cold showers. And I was walking down, I live in Felix over by the seaside, and I was walking down the beach. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I do everything extreme, I do. I've done 30 day <laughs> cold showers. So I said, I'm going to get in the sea. And, and I'm going to do it every day for a year and try and get people to join me. And my cousin went, No, you won't. So I thought, right, and I was going to start it. Oh, now July. you're 20 with Lisa. Now yeah, you're I was going to say, this is where you take on me now. I take on you now. <laughs> so I was going to start it in July for my birthday to my birthday, but because he said, no, you won't, I started it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm four years sober, Sam, because of like similar comments like this. Yeah. But that's incredible. Yeah, you use it as fuel to keep going. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you get them comments when you stop drinking. Oh, you won't last. You won't last. Yeah, and I think I'll show you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when you were talking about the pandemic and raising all those feelings of anxiety and so on. Yeah. I think the pandemic was responsible for a lot of that in people. It's been massively underestimated, hasn't it? How many yeah, people definitely. went and, and, because of it? And the, and the ripple effect because people have, have had them anxieties now, which they probably didn't deal with at the time, and noticing that their anxiety is even higher now, and, yeah. and it's probably come on from the beginning of the pandemic. We've seen a massive rise in people drinking and and um, taking drugs and and even taking lives and that since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it really it's so weird, you know. And I know this is relatively minor, but you brought something back to me. I remember pulling up to. Um, Tesco car park near where I live right mm. at the beginning and you know when they first made masks mandatory yeah and you know and I was quite, I was quite scared at the beginning of it for, for health anxiety reasons, yeah right? so yeah. I'm thinking oh my god am I gonna die am I gonna before we knew anything about it what happens if it comes over you know when they had on tv people dropping dead in the streets and stuff like that yeah yeah and um, I was quite scared. Anyway, we we pulled up to Tesco and my husband was driving and I went, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. And we're in the car park and he's going, what's wrong with you? And I'm, I need to get out, I need to get out of the car. And I was actually like, looking back, I was having yeah. a panic attack at having to go into Tesco surrounded yeah. by all these eyes. Cause you go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, but you're, you're right. And, and, and it's because it, it, 
we all thought, oh, this is going to come and kill us all and, and you can't get too close. So I was actually, I'm, I'm very peopley person, a huggy person. I was stepping away from people. Oh, don't come near me. Don't, I don't want to give it to you. I don't want you to give it to me. And yeah. it, it, it was it was a massive blow to everyone's mental health because it was the unknown. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and I think it, then as you soothe that, like you say, with alcohol or drugs, yeah. the whole knock-on effect of that has been huge. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I I I'd had a couple of years sobriety time, and I was doing okay, but I I feel, I feel ten times better now. I found other sober people and everything, and, yeah. and can relate to them. But I was doing okay, and I was still mentally strong and focused on the gym and that. But I I I just fell into an old habit and used the drink to change the way I was feeling about everything that was going on. And when I relapsed, that that just spiralled completely out of control, like worse than it's ever been before. And it's actually very scary to be to be honest, because to be, to have all them fears and anxieties and add a load of drink and whatever else to it is not a good mix. No. It's not. You know, Sam, something that I picked up on that you've um, said in your bio actually was about um, not knowing what that feeling was in your chest when you was a kid and I think that's like that's underestimated and you know I talk about them quite a lot in this but she never ever realized that she had anxiety Mm. until she stopped drinking she used to just call it a ridgy feeling and then she'd go and get a cup you know like a bottle of wine at the night and then that idgy feeling would go yeah it was about a year into stopping drinking and she was like and she was typical of like oh it's a load of crap all this things everyone's anxious everyone's depressed everyone's got this you know like Mm. and then she realized like oh my gosh that feeling is anxiety so people aren't aware of it and it doesn't you know you realized quite young did you then that it was anxiety um i didn't know what it was at first which is why it's so scary and i overanalyzed it and was making up my own mind and my own and and we always as humans think the worst don't we so when it was just a simple knot of anxiety in my chest it in my head it was it was um oh you're having a heart attack and i'll go to the doctors and they say oh you've pulled a muscle and i'd think well i haven't done anything to pull a muscle i didn't know because you were describing the physical feelings of it yeah rather yeah. than how you felt emotionally. Yeah, and I remember a doctor, but they probably fed up with people probably going there. There wasn't as much awareness about it as there is now, and we understand what it is. But I remember a doctor rolling their eyes at me, probably thinking, oh, not you again. But I was petrified. I couldn't. I could not go. I couldn't sit anywhere. So I, the cinema, getting your hair cut, was that the question for me? Because I'd overanalyze and overthink about if I was going to have like a panic attack, which I thought was a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd loads of heart attacks. It was just, it was hell. It was, but like that. Now there's more awareness about it, and that's why I do what I do as well. Because I think there's probably loads of people that get this. My children are young, and they get anxieties, and I can talk to them about it now. Yeah. And, and, and guiding through it. And when I was younger, because I wasn't sharing how I was feeling, no one could tell me what it was. And oh, actually, that's quite normal. And even to this day, I still get a bit anxious and get nervous. And I've just got tools to deal with it now and different ways of dealing with it. Instead of masking over with it with, with drink and drugs, I, I will 
accept the fact that I'm a little bit anxious, but and, and I'll know that that feeling will pass. It's not going to last forever. Whereas instead, before I would think, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, and it escalated, and made the situation worse. Now I can talk to myself and say, you've been here before. This feeling will pass. And and there's other tools like cold water therapy, and meditation, and stuff, doing breathing exercises that really help with it as well. So we'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. We don't want to bombard you as usual with everything that we do because there's absolutely loads. This week, we're going to tell you more about our Be Sober events. We have ambassadors all over the country who run events on behalf of Be Sober and they are for anyone who wants to get and stay over and meet like-minded people. You know, we know there's something so special when you meet people that are on the same journey as you. And we know how important it is to surround yourself with people who just love to lift you higher. They say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And we guarantee you are going to make lifelong connections with amazing people when you join Be Sober or go to one of our events. So instead of spending your money getting wasted this weekend, check out our Be Sober website and book an event. Let's talk about the cold water therapy then, because I absolutely love everything about this. And when we first spoke to you, Sam, I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go dip in for 12 months. And I'd actually got my boyfriend on board. I made a page and everything. I was doing it, right? (laughs) And then I was realising that I am dead excessive. And I think, oh, yeah, I like this. I like this idea. But I've been enjoying going. I do a lot of, like, we go waterfall hunting. I love cold water dipping and I thought you know what I don't want to ruin it for myself where I'm forcing myself to do it every single day yeah let's talk about you and how you got started what benefits it brought you what did you love about it what did you hate about it tell us tell us tell us and how other people can sort of start the showers or whatever what do they need yeah because I have got another challenge I'm setting people I don't know if you've seen it I'll talk about that before, but I'll, I'll Can we get Lisa to... off the podcast before you talk about it? Because otherwise, <laughs> she'll be in. <laughs> but the, 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 my, my start, I've done them 30 day cold showers, and I noticed that my that my anxiety levels have really gone down. And, and I started um, looking into it. Everyone thought uh, there's a bloke Wim Hof, didn't they? In there. Yes. And, and people were. Was thought it was that, but it was actually like a random like teenager doing thirty day cold showers. I stumbled upon on YouTube, and then people sent me this Wim Hof stuff, and I looked into it. So that's when I come up with the sea, and I went in the first day in the fifteenth of March. I started the challenge up, and I come down to the bottom of the hill. My mum was there, my my little nephew and my sister and her dog, and they were stood there watching. And I went in opposite my flat. And that was a bad idea because there were so many rocks. <laughs> cut all me back up and that. And I thought, I'll come out of the war and it was actually a lot colder than I thought it was going to be. And I thought, what have I let myself in for here? <laughs> but, I, but walking back to my flat after that first dip, I just got this rush of, of like, it must, it's dopamine, but it, it just felt really good. And I thought, oh. And it, and it was better than the showers. And I actually looked forward to going the next day. And when I turned up the next day, there was a friend of mine that had been going through a rough time. He was signed off work, had had a car crash and a brain injury, and he was struggling to get back into work. He joined me the second day, and he got the same experience as what I did. 
So I thought, well, that's two people in a row. It can't be coincidence. And then I went down the beach the next day and there was four people there. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they, and they, they all enjoyed it. And then, we'll get, then we moved further and further up the beach and then we ended up by the pier. And it just grew and grew. And they were going down there and there was 20 people, 30 people at a time. And then there'd be, there'd be some days where there'd be eight people. But there was always people there every single day of the, of the challenge. I, I'd done the challenge once on my own... Um, on the first day and I'd done it later on in the winter because I was a little bit late to the, <laughs> so I'd done it on my own a, a, another day but every other day apart from that everyone was there and there was uh, so many people and there was people that were signed off work who were having panic attacks and stuff and and one bloke in particular he'd get up and have panic attacks and run around his block in the evening he couldn't sleep he'd been signed off work for three months he'd come down to the water for, and he was in two weeks. Within two weeks, he was back into work. He's still into work today and he still does cold water therapy to this day. Wow. It's mad, isn't it? Just how much that impacts people. Because the first time I went, I went with Lisa and she'd done a couple already. And it yeah. was a winter one. It was January. So again, I, yeah. I do feel your pain of the cold water. Yeah. <laughs> went in with Lisa and, you know, that feeling with the, where the knives are trickling all over you. Yeah. And then yeah. you come out and it's that getting out as we were walking back. I have never laughed sober or pissed yeah. as yeah. much as we laughed on the way back. It was that cold. My face went numb. And then yeah. in good old health anxiety style, I was going, Lisa, I think I've had a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was. And all I could do was <laughs> laugh. She yeah. was literally like, I think I've definitely had a stroke. And I was like, stop, please stop. Please. Yeah. <laughs> cross-legged, honestly, like, you know, we've had yeah. children, we're at that age, and we were both cross-legged going, please stop. Please yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is scary, though. And that is the thing that like you you could probably relate when you first get into the water it it, it puts you in fight or flight yeah yeah. And, but yeah it's a controlled state of fight or flight and fight or flight is exactly the same emotion as what you have when you're having a panic attack yeah, yeah. If you go down to the cold water every day and put yourself in a controlled state of fight or flight in reality when some of these situations come on your brain is already trained to deal with that so Absolutely. i've not had a panic attack or nowhere near a panic attack since i've done this cold water because i've trained my brain like i'll go to the gym and train my arm and a muscle i'll go to the cold water and i train my brain to deal with these situations and it's not just with panic attacks and stuff i used to be really like road ragey and, and annoyed and everything and I think a certain amount of that goes with sobriety anyway get my husband in <laughs> yeah, yeah but when you get to a red light and everything it's not as stressful or, or as bad as it was before since you've been training your brain to deal with stress in a stressful environment so taking yourself out of discomfort you don't grow in your comfort zone you get into the water each day it shows discipline you push yourself past the point uh, uh, past a certain point and you start your day off when you come out of the water like you say happy with all the good good like um, dopamine going around your brain and everything and if you start your day off on a positive nine times out of ten the rest of the day is going to be pretty good as well you're so right it's that it's that um, having to control the the gasp as well isn't it you know yeah. the gasp when you go under once yeah. you've done it a couple of times Lisa and me did this open water um therapy thing as well didn't we? like, I don't know what it was called now but we did this open water thing and she told us how you can control your breathing getting in and out and taking yeah. breaths and which way to breathe and that really helped because once you've got that you're not gasping yeah. that teaches you another level of control as well doesn't it 
Yeah, it's probably why screaming works so much for some people as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did, did you at any point really regret this challenge, Sam? Did Was there any points where you thought, oh, oh I just want to stop now? <laughs> yeah, to, well, I've, I've realised now since I've been in, in um, sobriety and whatnot and learning about things, because I relapsed two months into the challenge, but I was, I was just... I'd already relapsed in my head and I was doing everything I could and looking for the cold water therapy to um, to prolong it. And it worked at first, but I, unfortunately I relapsed and I relapsed for about a month. I still got in the water every day and that definitely helped and got me back on track quicker, I think. Yeah. Um, but that, that was tough. But the toughest part was the last 15 days because I mentally said to myself, get to March, get to March, get to March all year round. And that was my goal. And when I got to March, I thought, I've still got 15 days of this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> God, I can imagine. Uh, when was it the coldest? Ended. What was the coldest point of the year? Do you know what? That's a good question. Everyone everyone says that. But I, it, I don't think the temperature of the water matters. It depends on how you feel that day mentally. It does. It's yeah. definitely your mind, isn't it? Yeah. I think this, you know. We've been at the lakes this weekend and um, we've done, so we found some amazing waterfalls up there, like yeah. some secret infinity pools at the lakes. It's just been incredible. Amazing. And some of the days I find it so easy to just kind of walk in and think, yes. And then other times, like last night, we went for a dip after work. So mm. my boyfriend had messaged me and he was like, let's go to this one. And I know this particular place, we've not been in before, but it's in a forest and it's a waterfall. So I know it's freezing. So it really took me some mind control yesterday yeah. to do it because I just worked once I was in I absolutely loved it but some days are so much harder than others they are, so, but they're the days you'll benefit the most from it when yeah you I always say that yeah yeah and that that was one thing I do say to people there's um, 365 days there's going to be days where you don't feel too good there's going to be days where you feel all right and you get in Whatever emotion I felt before I got in the water, I still got in and done it. And there's not one day I regretted doing it. I come out yeah. feeling this, uh, the same result of coming out of the water every day as what I did before I went in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we had a nosy as well. And you've set up a GoFundMe page, which we've put the link on this podcast so people can donate. Yeah. You've raised literally just under £3,000. So hopefully we can push it over there. Yeah. What, first of all, what's your target? And obviously you said you've got another challenge. So how, yeah. how else can people help? Yeah, well, that, that is for Anxiety UK. And that's, that's always going to be stuff I do. Now I've set up a, a, a sort of a platform where I can do things. We've done stuff for cancer research on the back of this, done a fancy dress dip and that. And um, we plug different people's charities if they want to get involved in their dip because there's still a massive group of people that go down every morning. Um, the... The Anxiety UK is is obviously a great um, charity to be involved in. There's the 31-day dip in December I'm doing. I'm challenging people and people getting involved all over the place, which is really good. Um, I, I set it up because the idea is being 30, it takes about 30 days to form a new habit. And I know that people take on the challenge after 30 days. They'll see the benefits themselves for cold water. And if they've been struggling, they'll carry it on. Um 
for this, it's just happened um, naturally, really. There was a family of a young lad that took his life recently where he couldn't overcome a cocaine addiction. And they've set up a foundation called Smile. His name was Peter. The family have set that up. So for the 31-day challenge, I'm going to be plugging their foundation for them and try and help them raise awareness and and money. They want to set up um, some rehab centres that are affordable for every every person. Yeah, Yeah. so so desperate nowadays, isn't it? For especially our younger generation, I think, and it's really hard for people to get the help. So that's I love that. I love the idea of that charity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it, and me, you, and well, both of you know that the the wonders of getting sober and everything. And if you just keep persistent with it, and after a certain amount of time, it is hard at first. But after yeah. a certain amount of times, you, I just thought that I was going to get stop drinking and and taking drugs. I didn't realise what else come with sobriety and what how magical life is. So I've lived in this town my whole whole life, and I've only just realised how beautiful it is. The last yeah. And the people I'd imagine that you've got to meet, Sam, like you were saying, you know, that guy who's now back at work who wasn't, yeah. it's, you know, by you taking on that challenge, not only have you changed your life, you've changed other people's yeah. lives by yeah. doing it, which must be such an incredible feeling. And it's a massive team effort down there now as well. I don't go down there every day now. I'm in the sea every day, but I go with the daughters in the evenings now. But there's a massive team down there that welcome newcomers and that. And there's still new people doing it every single day. And and what I love about it is groups of all different ages and that and yeah. people that wouldn't necessarily look look out for each other before. So and there's a lot of people that are widows down there and they've they've found that a place where they're not so lonely and that and they come down and, they, yeah. and there's, there's a, there was an old boy that come down and he, he'd lost his wife and he, and he just didn't get in the water but he, he hand out water bottles to everyone and stuff so not, yeah just getting invited it's a community it's that community yeah. isn't it yeah it's so important it's so yeah. important I think um, right I want to ask you about practical things so for anybody that is thinking of say doing your 31 days in December did you say yeah. or uh, doing the cold showers what kind of what would you say to people that were just going to start doing this yeah I, I would definitely the aim is to save lives not lose any obviously yeah but, yeah like I would definitely you need to do your research on it and and like, like I would, I don't need to tell people that if you're going to do something like that, you do your research on it. Do you know what I mean? Well, but, not everybody does. Sam, I didn't. Yeah. I know I just went throwing myself in cold water, and it wasn't until we actually did our cold water course, Alex yeah. and I was like, oh, I should have done that. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, the most dangerous time is in the first 20 seconds when you can die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that, that's another thing. If you're going to, like, I would, if you've never done cold water before and you're going to take on this challenge, I would highly recommend you do it in the showers to start with yeah. or if you are if you are going to do it in the sea or, or a lake don't do it alone because um it is very cold and there is a rare chance that you could pass out and if you're on your own then that's not going to be very good in water is it but uh, the benefits outweigh way the negatives massively when it comes to cold water i think and and i had a lot of people throughout that year join me and we had no issues but you have got to take precautions and do things safely 
I'm just going to add as well that I think um, don't be put off by the cold showers because I, yeah. I personally find cold showers a lot harder yeah. than walking into a lake. Well, or- yeah, because when you go into a lake or the water, you're fully submerged. With a cold shower, you you turn and you touch a new bit. You say, yeah, you just go... Yeah. <laughs> trying to move to one side where it catches the bum cheek or something yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my neighbours think when I first started cold showers <laughs> don't uh, what are you doing in there yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I still have cold showers every day now as well I, I, I love it even if I go in the sea in the evening I have a cold shower first thing in the morning do you think you've kind of climatised over that time? For for me, I know when I started last year dipping, I found it incredibly hard to get in yeah. and I was going in for real short amounts of time. Whereas now when I'm going, I can get in a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've kind of climatised more. Do you? I think it's the first 30 seconds and then you adapt to your surroundings anyway. So if you could just push through that first 30 seconds. I did notice through the challenge the people that struggled the most are the ones that took longer to get in. Once you get the top of your shoulders in, yeah. then, then you, you adapt quicker to your surroundings and you can get your breathing under control quicker. The people that have stood up to their knees for ages were the ones that really struggled with it because then you yeah. let yourself get cold, haven't you? Just got to do it. It's like it, yeah. your conscious yeah. brain's kicked in, and you're like, "Oh, it's cold." This, but once you start to overthink it, you screw. Yeah. yeah. They say your heart rate and breathing rate drop after ten days of doing it. Like, you yeah, that's like good for your actual physical health as well. Yeah, and I've noticed, I've noticed so like benefits mentally, but physically as well. Like, I've had a like a long going knee injury, and that that seems to have been much better since I've. No, I've done that and I, I tore the ligaments off my ankle once and in the winter that always played up it always ached I've had none of that since since I've done done that there. well when you it, it lowers in, inflammation in the body and when you hit your knee or something in school they give you an ice pack and put on it don't they Cause that's yeah what, yeah well, that's what when you have inflammation in the body that you can't see and go into the cold water all the time that's doing the same sort of thing as, as what, what yeah, a nice pack would do on a bruise the physical and emotional and mental benefits just so that everyone's dead clear uh, before we ask our last question how exactly can people sign up to your December challenge I'm just telling them people to get involved we've got a dare to dip group on Facebook and then, then uh, follow me on Instagram and that and, and just just the reason I want to do the 31 days like I said I want people to see the benefits themselves and I'm sure that after the 31 days in December they'll carry on doing yeah. it because they'll notice the benefits but even if you haven't got mental health problems and just want to raise awareness take the challenge on and and, and I'm trying to make it a big thing spread as much awareness for mental health as possible Oh, that's fantastic. Before we ask the last question, before we ask the last question, I just want to ask, I suppose, have you learned anything about yourself in this time, Sam? What's like the single greatest thing that you've learned about yourself doing this? Uh, I, I was so hard on myself for a long, long time. And and the thing I've learned now is to talk to treat myself a little bit like I treat others. Um, I, I would never talk to anyone how I used to talk to myself in my head. And that, that is what I've learned, just to be a little bit kinder to myself. Yeah. Um, life is hard. We've all been through a, uh, through a lot, do you know what I mean? But um, it's what you do with them experiences in life that count. And anything I've been through in the past, I would never change now because I know I can help other people with it. It's become a tool where I can help other people with it. So. 
I love that, Sam. You know, one thing, um, and we've spoke about not for ages actually on the podcast, but Alex and I, and I remember somebody saying it in a group that I was in. Um, and there was a lady and she was really, really beating herself up about her weight all the time. She was like, oh, I hate myself. I hate her look. I hate this. I hate that. And it was actually her mum that just sat there and went, what are you doing? Like, don't speak about my daughter like that. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my gosh. You know, like that, realise it, that she's speaking about her daughter, whether it's about herself or not, that's her daughter. And you don't want anyone to speak mm. to him like that. And it's something that I used with Alex a lot in the beginning. Mm. Like she was, she used to beat herself up a lot and was always like, oh, I don't like this or this. And I'd be like, don't talk to my best friend like that. I'll yeah. knock you out. I'll knock you out if you speak to my best friend. <laughs> yeah, because I actually would. Because if somebody walked up to my best friend and spoke to him like she was speaking to him, I would knock him out. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no chance I would. <laughs> but I think that's such a lovely answer because we forget, don't we? And if people can just kind of remember that, you know, yeah. it's it is important. So yeah, that's recon- recognizing your thoughts, and if it, it does just come too negative up there, you have got anyone has got the power to change it like that. Yeah, I always say this, right? But I swear, this is my favourite episode. <laughs> oh, <for> goodness <laughs> sake! It is. It's my new favourite. That's all because we've not had a guest on, Sam. Don't, don't, don't get too flattered. <laughs> don't speak to your best friend like that. <laughs> uh, right, last question. Okay, so our be sober motto is: be brave, be kind, be sober. Which yeah. of those? Right now, do you most relate to and why? I think sober because everything else that you said there comes along with it, doesn't it? If you get sober, everything else in your life will fall into place. So that's the thing you need to focus on, I think, anyway. Yeah. But they're you all do, very good. Sam. I love it. Yeah. It's like if you get sober, you get sober. What? Sorry? Why aren't it since anyone's given that answer, be sober as well? Yeah, considering it's a sober experiment podcast, nobody said be sober for ages. <laughs> <laughs> I do generally believe, though, even if you drink a little or a lot, you get sober, your life will change for the better. A hundred percent. Even if you stop having that one, two glasses of wine in the evening, you, you, your life will improve tenfold. I generally believe that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think we're in a, it. We've been born into a society where drinking is accepted. It worries me so much with two young daughters, and and um, I, I want to try and be a part of changing the way people look at alcohol and and stuff yeah. because it's not it's not normal. It, it's not normal. I don't think. Once you see, you can't unsee, can you, Sam? And I just no. think you know you are making that change already. So you should be dead proud of yourself. I think what you've done is incredible, yeah. crazy. But incredible. (laughs) And obviously we've talked about being kind as well. Before we finish, I just want to tell you this. I went into the post office this morning, right? I've seen it all now. On the door, on the sign, it said, heated tobacco available here. So I went in and I said, (laughs) it was only me in there. And I said, what on earth is heated tobacco, right? So he said, it's what it says. Instead of having a cigarette that you like, it heats it up so you still get the hit of the tobacco without the tar. I said, well, surely you're still breathing it in and it's got risks. He said, oh, yeah, it comes with risks still. I said, oh, 
this government will do everything to get us addicted to stopping this country. But it's our bloody hell, woman. It's only our face. Shut up. <laughs> you know what my post office, during lockdown, actually, which we were talking about before, I had to go to the post office. And when I was, like, putting my stamp on, I realised that I was stamping on boxes and boxes of alcohol. They'd got that much. They had all the shelves covered in it and all the boxes that I was leaning on it to write and put my stamp on. That's how much booze they had in my post office. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It is crazy. And it worry, it does worry me. I've said it before. I could get into it all day. But I've said it before. We we, we, we just normalise the fact that you're 18 now. Go on, go into a club, fill yourself with a toxin, um, put yourself in dangerous situations, walk home on your own, and, and, and we all think, oh, they're only having a laugh. Yeah, throw up in the morning, you'll be all right after after Sunday, you'll be all right. It's so yeah. true. So I've got a 17-year-old son and he's going on holiday with his dad um, yeah. next week. And I'm dreading it, not because his dad's a lovely, like, no, that's not even true. I don't know why I'm saying he's a lovely person. He is an arsehole, but his dad's, <laughs> <laughs> his, dad, his dad's his dad, right? So, um, you know, he's, he's got his best interests at heart, but because you don't know, you don't know, it will be normal to him to get his son having a pint with him. And yeah, yeah. To me, I'm like dreading it. Yeah, I know. I think we've just got to, Try not to say he's a lovely person. Oh my god, I've never talked. I don't know. I thought when you were saying that, I thought, what is she saying? What what words are coming out of her mouth? (laughs) Now I'm he's a lovely. I thought, is she gonna say love of her life? What is she? He's not that. Oh, Sam, thank you so, so much. It's been lovely to catch up with you. Today. Yeah, it's brilliant. You, you girls are brilliant. You, you helped me out in the early. I was celebrating 11 months today. So oh, I'm, that's I'm, amazing. I'm, right right at the beginning, uh, when I was working on forklift, I'm chefing again now and doing my dream job, which is amazing. That's what sobriety can give you. But yeah. I was sat on a forklift and I was miserable and thinking I'll relapse again. And I listened to you girls and you got me through them first crucial stages. And I still listen to you today. I think you're brilliant. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Sam. I love that. I do. It freaks me out, you know, that people listen to our podcast. Obviously, you've come on so we can spread the word. But when people say, I've listened to it, I'm like, don't tell me that. That's weird. Yeah, we just started out having a chat and talking rubbish, and now it's like we can't believe how. What was it? It was number twenty-eight in the Spotify charts. Yeah, week, wasn't it? That's amazing. We couldn't believe it. We've inspired like, so other ones. Not, the one that we set up is all inspired by Be Sober as well, and and oh. and and that's how. And we've got guests on, and they're spreading their story like you girls are doing, and that's inspiring other people. So you you've had a ripple effect, which adds on to another ripple effect and that's how it should be spreading positivity 100% and do you want to give it a quick plug Sam what's it called your podcast Um, Dare Dare to Talk yes it's called Dare to Talk that's on Spotify and and YouTube Um, we've had some very inspirational guests including yourselves and we've got some very very more inspirational guests lined up Um, and and it's just good fun to do as well, isn't it? And and when you hear people's stories, you think, well, there there is everyone goes through something. Do you know what I mean? We'll link to your podcast on here as well. We'll pop Lovely. Up. Yeah. Well, I want to get you girls back on soon as well. So oh, yeah, we'd love that. We'd love yeah. it. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, thank you. Take care soon. Thank you very Enjoy much. Enjoy your trip to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs>
See you later. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, share it with your friends if you've enjoyed it to help spread the Be Sober Love. And if you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com. Until next time, be brave, be kind and and be be sober. sober.